Hello, and welcome to Piecing the Parsha Together for our Parshas Vayeshev, Shabbos Hanukkah. I would like to share an idea about the Parsha that may help piece together many other things. In this week's Parsha, the story of Yosef and his brothers, and the brotherhood breaks down, and ten of the brothers are ready to kill uh, Yosef. And they throw him into the pit. Why do they throw him into the pit? Romans the pit, because Ruvain says, don't kill him. Rather, throw him into the pit. And it's being described as Vayishma Ruven Vayatsi Lehu Miyadam. Vayomer Lona Kenu Nefesh. So Ruven heard the plan and he saved him. He said, Let's not hit him, hit a soul. Vayomer Lehim Ruven Al Tishbechudam. Don't spill the blood. Ashlicho Sel on the boar. Hazeth. Throw him into the pit. Asher b'midbar v'yad al tishlu bo. And let's not send our hand. Laman hatilo so miyadam who's trying to save him. Reuven's trying to save Yosef. V'yichuhu v'yashlichu oso habor. They threw him into the pit. The pit and the boar is rake ain v'mayim. Now she says, what does it mean? Why would it stress that it's empty? There's no water. Isn't that repetitive? Because it's empty. Well, the snakes and scorpions. So snakes and scorpions are waiting for Yosef when he lands in the pit. You can ask someone to ask a specific question. If it's empty, how could there be snakes and scorpions? One of the commentators on Rashi, which is brought in the Sifsechum, I think, will tell you that the snakes and scorpions are sort of slithering inside and out and crawling inside and out of the pit. So the pit can be empty, but the snakes and scorpions make, make an appearance. How does this save Yosef's life? If he's thrown into a pit with snakes and scorpions, assumedly they're toxic. How does that save his life. How is Reuben considered saving his life? It's a fascinating Orachayim, which I think gets some uh, exposure. The Orachayim says on this Pasuk, Beratzon, a person is a Baal Bechir, he's got choice, and he's got will. And they can kill somebody who's not chayev misa masha enkain, as opposed to chayos raos lo yifgu ba'adam im lo yis chayev misa l'shmayim. As opposed to animals cannot hurt a person unless there's been a decree from heaven. Vehu omro, this is Ruvain, v'yatzileya miyadam, it says he saved him, pirish miyad abachira. Ruvain saves him from the choice of the brothers. Uvazeh sasar omro. And this is going to contradict what will be seen with his dreams, because the choice, their choice could nullify this. If they kill him, it's not necessarily riots. It would be that he spoke falsely. The reason why this is so amazing is because normally we think that Hashem is guiding the world and the things that happen to us 
are part of Hashem's decree. So how can it be that the Orach is entertaining the possibility that Bali Bechira, i.e. humanity, can alter the plan? And it's not just an Orach that says this. It's also a Zohar. Gracious, I have it written here as Kuf Pei Heim Beis. Rabbi Yitzchak says, why would it say by Ruven if there are snakes and scorpions there? Laman so miyadam la shiva el aviv. is Ruven not concerned la haida deha inun and yachashin va kraven yin sukun that they won't hurt him. How can it be said he's going to turn to his father? That's what it says. The damage could come from the hands of his brothers. Begin the yada, comma, Sinoyan, lay, they hated him. And because of their evil, they could kill him. They wanted, sorry, they will, they wanted to kill him. So then, Rubain says, Tav, Leminpole, Legav, Gova, Dinechosh, Rabbi, be thrown in a pit of snakes and scorpions, Lois, Maser, Biyade, not Biyada, Dishonoy. The law Merachmele. They will not be merciful to him because they hate him. Um, and then it repeat. This is the the statement. Mikanam Riapil Barnash. A person should be put. Garme Leeshe Olagova. The Nechash better be put. I think uh, in a, in a fire or with the snakes and scorpions. Loyis Master Riada the Sunny. The hand in the hands of one who hates him. His enemies. The Zirin Inun the Yachol Ishtama. Not likely he's going to. Uh, be able to save himself. So what is it? Hashem control everything that happens and things that happen to us if they're negative are from Hashem, or does it seem to be that if you're in the hands of people, they have bechira and and um, they can do what they will. So Rav Chaim Friedlander is Sifsei Chaim Perkei Amun of Hashkacha. In the section that is called Gezeira and Bechira. So he has two different Mamarim that discuss this, this idea of the Orachayim and Azar as Mamar Beis and Gimel. And he talks about the ideas of what's Ayin Hara, which the brothers would have had, and their will, their choice. And he concludes by saying that Yosef had caused the jealousy of the brothers to, to come up. And that would be a problem for Yosef. And that is, in fact, what Yosef is putting himself at risk of here. He concludes the first of these pieces, which would be on page Shin Saritas, right? If you cause jealousy and hatred, that's the hezek. Because that's the cause of the jealousy and the hatred. Maybe that's the, the, the will that gets created through the sinna and the kinna. They bring it out into action. That's that decision is at the hands of an individual who makes a choice. And it has to do with the person who caused the jealousy. The person who's jealous. There wouldn't be a cause for Nezek. Without the decree from above, 
Shianazik ain biyad ha'adam ka'koach lahazikah. Without the evil eye or kina and sinna. But he's saying that the, Yosef causes it. Yosef causes it by telling the dreams. Yosef causes it with the coat. It's not directly Yosef. No, that Yosef had the dreams. I'm wondering, nowhere does it say that he should have told the brothers. He's not commanded to tell the brothers. I think he felt it was a Navua that he's sharing with them, but maybe he did not need to. And. Um, he is the cause of their jealousy and hatred. And therefore, according to the first approach offered by Rafaim Friedlander, Ponovich, is that the, the Yosef is the cause. Because he made them angry, he made them jealous. Then, in the second one of these, Mamara, which is now Maimar Gimel, in this section, he says that Ruvain is trying to make Yosef a clean. Maybe Yosef has lost his right to live, and if the brothers want to kill him, but Reuben in fact saves them, then Yosef can now be their kli. He says on page Tough, you'd give a lechein am a Reuben laachiv. She actually chuhu echav. She actually chuhu. They throw him in the pit. The boar. She ate one of Chosim of The snakes and the scorpions came out. She ate no muster only. He also needs it. Be day bali bechira. They're no longer going to be damaged, injured by the bali bechira. He can be a kli. He can be an intermediary. If he ends up dying through the snakes and scorpions, then you would know the dreams aren't true. Then he's high and then he could be liable to death penalty. So normally. Try to focus on ideas that can tie the parsha together, and it is fair to say that this does not automatically, at first glance, link the ideas of Vayeshev together. We have a, a concept, an idea, out in the world that Hashem controls the world, and what happens to a person is a decree. And again, this the safer. Uh, from Rav Chaim Friedlander goes through this at length. But the question is, why would this idea manifest itself here? There's no other place we could have had this discussion back and forth about what Xeras happen. No other Xeras that happen to any of the Abbas where maybe this would have been relevant talk about the Bali Bechira in other contexts. You say maybe they hear it, we're talking specifically about Jewish people, but it's not that's not how it's worded, that it would make a difference if it's a Jew or a non-Jew. Um, Parshas Vayeshev begins the actual Golas that will happen to the Bnei Yisrael. Yaakov lives in Golas. Maybe there's a certain Maisava, some in the bottom for Yaakov. Is it now played out in Parshas Vayeshev? Or is there a sort of a continuation by the Shvatim? I think not. Maybe it would still be included in that. And what we have is a lesson. The beginning, very, very beginning. Joseph hasn't even been sold yet, but the events are in place. Die is sort of cast. Hard to imagine them being able to go back at this point. Ready to kill him. How could they live in harmony any further? So rather than kill him, Reuben says, throw him in the pit, and then Yehuda will suggest... You know what? Let's sell them. And the events are now in motion. Uh, we will all be in Mitzrayim shortly. 
at the outset is the reminder of who can hurt us. And the answer to that question is effectively no one but ourselves. Look at natural occurrences clearly. They thought it was a fair game. Throw them in the pit and see what happens. And in fact, nothing happened. Right? And the way the Orachayim and the Zohar are being explained here is that in some way, shape, or form, it is Yosef who has some sort of shortcoming which makes him open to, to the hurt of the brothers. And in the second approach, it goes as far as to say that once Yosef gets saved, it ends up being their benefit that Yosef is sort of piggybacking onto. Which is phenomenal in its own right. But in Gaulus, we could be upset with X government, Y government, and historically there's been no shortage of that. Anti-Semitism here, anti-Semitism there. And the reality is that none of that happens without Hashem. And if we're talking about Hanukkah, uh, which is not always Parshas Vayeshev. Perhaps next week we should talk about something that's somewhat unique, is the Haftarah of Miketz, because it doesn't happen very often. It's usually Hanukkah, but Vayeshev, the beginning of the Gulls. We'll talk about Hanukkah as well. And Hanukkah is one of those decrees. And again, who do we have to be afraid of? Yes, we talk about the Greeks, but it's also a clear uh, that it's uh, Hellenized Jews. And we are the cause of our problems. We can be us be the cause of our salvation. Uh, focus on the lights of Hanukkah. Recognize that. Sing the Ma'osor in all the ways Hashem will redeem us. And we hope that He will redeem us from current trials and tribulations as well as future trials and tribulations. Everyone, a wonderful Shabbos. Freilich and Hanukkah. I thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. And for those of you who may have found this, on your own, would appreciate any feedback.